Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. Linda Gunner, where we are about to do exactly that. Give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. The lady that I'm about to interview is going to make me cry just to even introduce her. She has done that to my life and so many times in so many ways. And if you will stick with us today and listen, she's going to mess you up. So she's everybody's mom, so many people's grandmother. She uh, has the love of Jesus oozing out of her nose, ears, mouth, and everything else. And so it is my honor. Uh, Stay with us today because you are going to get a nugget that you're going to want to chomp on and chew on for a while. It is my honor to introduce to you my friend, Irene Jackson. So... Good morning. I started to look around and see who you were talking about. <laughs> it's you. It's you. Yeah, it's it's Irene. <clears throat> so Irene, oh my gosh, there's, I don't even know how we're going to get through with just 27 minutes to be able to talk, but there's so many things that I want to share with you. First of all, I want you to, uh, so Irene is a part of my home group. Uh, so I get to see her on a weekly basis. You're also a volunteer here at uh, Love Him, Love Them Ministries. You got volunteer True. of the year a few years back. You still have your I little did. plaque? I do. I know. I, you called. I was in the kitchen, <laughs> and someone said, they need you out front. I said, I can't. I'm making everybody's lunch. Yeah, you were volunteering. And they said, lunch can wait. Linda needs you now. And that's when I went that's, out. And went, oh, wow. Thank yeah, you so there much. There was, yeah. Can't, it's hard to give flowers volu- and everything. Hard to give volunteer of the year the volunteer plaque because they're volunteering in yeah. the way. So she volunteers at the office. She volunteers for Thanksgiving. She's volunteers for every single thing we do. But I want you to share a little bit about how we first met, how you found out about Love Him, Love Them, how you first came to the home group, and just share a little bit about that so everybody can get a feel for how you're connected. Um, My husband Tom and I moved to Georgia um, May, June 2017. Okay. And the choir, you and the choir and hubby, came to our church and sang. That's right, in Royston. In Royston. And uh, we were listening, and Tom looked over at me, and he said, write him a check for $500. There you go. Okay. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And after the the choir sang and the service had adjourned, if you will, then, I mean, everybody flocks to you like flies at a picnic, you know, but so Tom went back and was talking to your David and found out that the guys had McChurch yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get in here and give myself no credit, but I just want you to know, Yeah, I told David, I was like, you got to go over there and talk to him. He is a, an extreme candidate for McChurch. Well, he did. Yeah. He went, he went to McChurch and after a couple of of Saturdays on that, and he always came back through Livonia and stopped at the grocery store there and brought me flowers. I right. got flowers no, every to be Saturday. I don't think anybody, you and I know what McChurch is, but I oh. think other people are going to be like, what are they ta- What is McChurch? Well, I didn't want to, you know, give a plug to some other, but oh, that's uh, true. We, you know, there's it a was restaurant, a, f- a restaurant, a fast food restaurant that starts with an ek, a muck, <laughs> a mech. And the guys would uh, meet there on on Saturday mornings. Yeah, every Saturday morning. And have a, a Bible study. And so every it? Saturday, then you say Tom would stop on his way home From, and bring you flowers. Yep. Okay. Get flowers every Saturday. Go ahead. I think you've got this story lined up. I'm listening. So. 
uh, we was, well, hey, how'd it go? Would you get, what'd you talk about? Things because, well, you know, they have a home group that meets Sunday nights. And he said, how about we give that a try? I said, well, yeah. I mean, we hadn't really connected much with uh, anybody or any group here in, at our local church. Right. I said, okay, yeah, sure. So I walk in. With your cowboy boots. Oh, well, did I? Yeah, girl. I remember very clearly. Was Go it ahead. the turquoise ones with I'm the pretty rose? sure. Okay. Yeah. I want to see if you remember it the way I remember it. So you now, came... Well, I remember then walking through your dining room and then walking into the kitchen, and you're there frying masses amounts of chicken for the musicians to take back to their school. Yeah. And and you were frazzled, you know, not as statuesque and lion-esque as you were normally. And you're frying chicken. And I looked, oh, what is this, Grease 3 or something? <laughs> and you said, and yes, and I've got to do the finish up on the dinner for tonight for everybody. And I said, oh, that has got to stop. And that was before I even knew your name. Oh, yeah. And I just <laughs> walked in and took over. And I went, Irene. Carol, I mean, you know, and I said, there is no reason why we can't all help with yes, the, the Sunday God. night meal. And you kind of looked at me and just went, where have you what been all my life? Exactly. Kind yeah. of what a concept. And so right. it's kind of been downhill and uphill and. Yeah. yeah. So you then, I mean, you were, I mean, I remember you were going through my drawer, which I mean, everybody else does, but it was your first time there. You were in my drawers and getting spoons and setting everything up. And from well, that day on. That's, ex- that's why you were volunteer of the year. That's exactly <laughs> okay, what you've good. done. That's okay. what organizations need is someone that will come in. You know, uh, I, I do this sermon on see the need, be moved by the need, and then meet the need. Mm-hmm. And you are amazing at that, oh, right? You, you are a person that doesn't want to have to micromanage people's dream because you just see it, you get it, you, you get it done. You know, you're doing that right now with the blankets. Um, tell everybody about, do you remember your first Thanksgiving that you... Oh, my. Participated with us. So we're about to feed 3,000 people for Thanksgiving, um, and that's quite a feat. I'm trying to remember if my first Thanksgiving, what year that was, truthfully. Right. Must have been 2018. No. Or 19. Would have been, I think it would have been 19 because 2018 I was otherwise occupied. All right. So let's, let's just go to that for just a second, because there are going to be a lot of people that are in your position or about to be in your position right now. We're all going to be in my position. Right. And I want you to address that because that is an audience that uh, needs to hear, especially with the joy that you have. They need to hear your story. So let's just, let's just hone in on that. Forget about Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, so that amazing here. man that brought flowers. Uh, every Saturday. Every Saturday uh-huh. afterwards. Uh, tell us a little bit more about him and what's going on with that now and why 2018 was a little different for you. Well, everybody liked him. I yeah. mean, he had a great personality. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I'm slightly, no, I'm more than slightly biased. Yeah. Um, and all, but you obviously have, have met him and our sound engineer, our, every, you know, knows him well and everything too but um and he plugged into that home group into that uh mm-hmm. that men's group and that ended up having quite a factor in his life and in your life yeah mm-hmm. it did and we went back to texas 
and um, he had not been feeling well and wanted to go see his former gastroenterologist back there. And so he was able to get an appointment. I mean, oh, my gosh, you know, right. well, you don't live here anymore. You've you've lived in Utah where you pastored a church, and now you live in Georgia, and you want to see your gastro in New Braunfels, Texas? He goes, right. yeah, that's about right. And so we got an appointment, and he went and saw the nurse practitioner, and she said, well, I'm going to do some lab work, and I want to do have uh, order a CT scan. We got those things done the same day as the appointment. Crazy. Same day as the appointment. Yeah. And so a couple of days later, uh, Tom got the phone call. We were staying with friends, and he said, I need to see a urologist or a, and an oncologist as soon as possible. And I said, okay, I'll go pack. Well, I mean, right. knew it wasn't going to be in Texas. Right. Um, and he says, no, he says, let's wait a day. He wanted to see the grandkids and our daughters and family and friends there. And while we were driving back then, I think it was like a Thursday, um, we got a phone call from our local doctor and I said, okay, I've got appointments with the urologist, Dr. Belknap, and the oncologist, Dr. Thomas, and they're next week, Monday and Tuesday. Whoa, dude. Yeah, you know, everything quick. is moving very fast. And saw Dr. Belknap, the urologist, first, and he said, okay, there's some minor stones, almost gravelly. And he says, whatever is going on with him, it's not urology related. Okay. So then we saw Dr. Thomas, the oncologist, and he wanted to do a um, needle biopsy okay. and came back and said, well, it's kind of inconclusive because you're trying to like biopsy tissue paper. I mean, it's just uh -huh. so, so thin, right. you know, there's just not much there to snag and to, to do. So then we had um, another, he had another procedure and I forget what you call it. Our other nurse friend would know exactly. Yeah. I'm sure she's sitting in the back room going, screaming it out. This is what it is. I really, yes. this is what it is. Thank you, Shirley. You know, and I can't remember. I can't remember. She'll put it in the comments. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Please. And um, we went back to see the oncologist, Dr. Thomas. And that was like the last full week, if you will, in October of 2018. And Tom was told that he had a tumor right before the liver, as well as colon cancer. And it obviously had to have been fast growing because Tom, I, was a nag about him getting his, you know, every three years, the colonoscopies and exams. And right. I mean, I've got notebooks and I mean, I was his I medical records clerk about every office visit and medication and immunization and everything but there was a tumor before the liver mm -hmm. and dr thomas said well maybe if dr shirley can stent around that tumor so the chemo medication can get processed through the liver then maybe and um tom's daughter deborah went with us right and we didn't even talk about it. And Tom goes, no, I don't want to do that. And we did, both of us kind of did the exorcist head twist and looked at Tom and he said, there's too many maybes, too many ifs. Yeah. 
And Dr. Thomas said, um, he said, I appreciate that. He says, your quality of life can be so impacted by people that are taking chemo or radiation. And and we'd seen it with other friends. Mm-hmm. And Tom says, I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So then he said, he says, I'll notify hospice. And so Tom became a hospice patient the last Monday in October of 2018. So I just heard <clears throat> Smith Wigglesworth, one of my favorite uh, pastors, say, if we knew where we were going oh. and we were sick and someone offered us a pill or a surgery, we would refuse it because we know mm-hmm. what's on the other we side. We know what we know. Why would we want to prolong staying here? And this is the first time I've ever heard it put that way since I've heard that mm. of someone who knew where he was going and said, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I know where I'm going. Yeah. And uh, I want you, there's so many supernatural things that happen after that. And also, just as a plug for a home group, um, as far as, <clears throat> I mean, you're new in town. Basically. Yeah. Been here a little over... A little over a year, right? But your your roots were in other places. Yeah. But having having people around you uh, during that time, I just I just want you to share a little bit about that. I especially would love for you to share uh, if you feel comfortable about what happened because uh, you and Tom were such lovebirds. I mean, it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> you hey, I were, mean, you know. I know. Well, you see, given, that's what you have to tell. Um, and I'm sorry that Rodolfka couldn't see that. You yes, know, she should have of, seen that yeah. lovey doveyness because she thinks when you get old, your marriage is no more. But um, I just want you to uh, share a little bit about um, what it what it feels like to have that support. And and how are you so strong now? Because Tom did end up passing away. Oh, he did. Um, he became a hospice patient that last Monday in October, October of 2018 and then he passed away November 18th right before of 2018 but um you know and and we we talked and um your husband and Michael came over one one evening but Tom had asked prior to that if any of the guys so that would have been McChurch guys come he said um do we still have the oils and i said sure i mean you've got a vial in your truck and i've got one in my purse so yeah we've got oils and he says well maybe so when they came to the house i asked them um if they would and tom was in bed uh in the bedroom and resting and and asked them if they would and of course no irene we're not going to do that. of course they wanted wanted to do that so your hubby and Michael did did that for us, and that that meant a lot to Tom and to me right. to be able to do that. Because I asked him if he wanted, um, you know, church or something. He goes, "No." He says, "I want the guys." Right. I want and the guys. You, you know, our house just burned down. Really? I don't yes. Know, I don't know, know if you know this or not, but Tom gave his oil to David. I'm not surprised. And David. Uh, Often when we're talking about the fire, he will say the one thing that he really wished he had had was that oil that Tom gave him because he had it in a, in a vial right next to the, to the bed in his bedside table. So, um, 
Yeah, Tom, in a very short amount of time, really impacted our guys. Should I give you Kleenex? <laughs> I'm good. Um, really no, impacted not. our guys. And so, um, you know, even the, I think I've heard David tell the story over and over and over because he was there whenever Tom saw what he saw in the supernatural and God opened up his spiritual eyes and allowed him to see. And uh, the stories are just amazing. And I think one of the most amazing stories is Tom died. What was what day of the week was the 18th? Sunday. OK, so Tom died on Sunday, a Sunday. evening because I messaged you and said, I'm not going to be at home group. We're not going to be at home. Not going to be at home group tonight. And then the next Sunday. Irene was at home group and you came walking into the house and sat down in the chair in the corner. I can see it now in the living room. And I remember David walking out saying, what are you doing here? And do you remember your response? I said, where else do you think I should be? Else would I be? Yeah. 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 So you have walked this, this journey of widowhood. I don't even know if that's a word. I think it is. In such a manner that as far as books or tapes or podcasts, I don't think anybody else could share. I mean, I've never in my life seen someone walk it out the way you've walked it out. And, I, and I, it's just such a tribute to your faith and your trust in what you believe. And I just would love for you to have this opportunity to this audience to share. Why, why is that? I mean, what do you have that others don't have? And, and what is it that, what is it? It's a relationship with God. It's waking up in the morning and opening the curtains, propping up in bed with my cup of coffee and my Bible and seeing the sunlight shine through. And thank you, God, for being God of this universe Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me, smacking me upside the head when I need it, holding my hand, carrying me in the sand, and thank you, Jesus, for suffering enough. There was a little uh, something on on Facebook about what you can do with two things, and what Jesus did with two nails was spread out his hands and died for me and for you. And for everybody else that might be listening to this, it's the relationship. Um, I've been to church all the years of my life. I mean, I uh, talked, would do the uh, communion devotions when we were up in Camp Lutherwood in Utah. Tom would do the sermon part. Right, because technically you're a pastor's wife. Everybody technically is a pastor's wife. (laughs) Yeah, but you are a pastor's wife. And so one of my starter things, I mean, Tom was always surprised with some of the things I said. I said, as a kid, I was drugged. And his eyes just popped, you know, and all these people just listen. And I said, I was drugged to church. I was drugged to Sunday school. I was drugged to VBS. You know, I was drugged to church, you know. And then... I believe it. W- I went to a parochial school, little little uh, community about the size of Royston, and went to a Christian school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I remember at, church was not locked, and so after school, because I walk home, I'd go up and I'd sit up in the balcony. 
and sixth, seventh, eighth grade, sit up in that balcony and the light, and this was in North Dakota, so sometimes after school it was starting to get a little dark, but the light just streaming through those stained glass windows and the one of Jesus holding the lamb. Right. And Jesus is the lamb. What did he think that last Lord's Supper that he wanted with his special friends. And what are they commemorating? The Passover. And it was the shedding of the blood of the lamb that they spread around the lintels and their doorposts. They were celebrating that, how the angel of death passed over them because of the blood of the lamb that was on, on their doors. And here is Jesus with his special family, his special friends, celebrating the blood of the lamb, and he's the lamb for us. Right. And so apparently apparently it really works for you. Right. So <laughs> many so many people say, Oh, I tried that. I tried Jesus. I mean, there's so many people, not just people who have lost their spouses, but who have lost their children, who have lost uh, loved ones. And, you know, Jesus doesn't seem to be enough for them. What is the difference in the way they're handling things and the way you're handling things? How is, why is that? For me, it's that this is just the blink of an eye as opposed to an eternity. Okay. That's, you know, I'm... If God calls me home this afternoon, okay. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't have my checkbook balanced and the laundry is, needs to be done. But what the heck? You know, somebody will take care of that because I know where I'm going to be. Right. Just like where Tom knew he was going to be. Right. Because later Sunday, that Sunday afternoon, um, he was weak. He'd lost a lot of weight. And he was in bed and his legs started moving like he was pedaling a bicycle or, or something. And I thought, oh, gosh, he's having leg cramps. Yeah. I went right away to get the lotion that I put on it. And Deborah goes, that's his daughter. He go, she touched my arm and she goes, no, mom, look, he's walking. And he was just flat on his back and legs were kind of up, lifted up above the mattress. And he was making that motion like he was walking yeah. and looking up into the corner of the bedroom. Yeah. And Deb and I were on the side of the bed closest and I'm holding his hand. And um, at that time, she was music director at the church here. And we were singing praise choruses and hymns. And she came right after church to, to be with us. And his oldest daughter, Diane from Texas, was visiting, wanted yeah. to see her daddy. And uh, so she was, she was there in the bedroom with us. And one of Deborah's daughters, the youngest, Sierra, was was there with us. And so we're all singing hymns and choruses. Uh, we were all singing the same song, not necessarily the same verse at the same time, <laughs> but we were all singing. And I let go of his hand, put his hand down and went around to the other side of the bed and kind of leaned across. And I said, Tom, and he stopped his gaze and looked at me. And I was startled because it was all pupil. I mean, there was no, you couldn't see those pretty brown irises. It was all, his eyes were just huge. Yeah. And it, it frightened me. At first I went, Tom, what do you see? 
because you know you you hear things. Well, oh, I saw my great grandmother. <laughs> I saw you know the escalator steps. Yeah. You know something, and he just said glory. Mm. And that's what he was walking towards. That's what he was walking towards. He was walking towards glory. And I went, I better not interfere with that. (laughs) And and I, you know, got up and went back around and hung onto his hand. And and, um, one of the young men that spoke at Tom's service, uh, big old dude, he's got to be 6'5", and he and Tom canvassed around the church in in Texas, and I they invited me after things kind of settled down to come and and see them, which I did, and spend the night. And we got up next morning, and we we're sitting there having coffee. And he shared with me, and I mean, tears are just streaming. He goes, Miss Irene. He says, I've been trying to minister to a man that he works with, and he said his son was dying, and he was trying to minister to the daddy and dad the young man passed but dad came to chad and he said well when i was with him he kept saying daddy what's that black hole in my the corner of the room oh wow what what is that what oh, why wow. is that there what's wrong and daddy didn't really know how to answer him, wow. answer his son, who was, I like to say, transitioning but from this life to the next. And so, you know, Chad, big old tears just streaming down his cheeks. And he goes, Miss Irene, I just didn't know what to tell him mm-hmm. other than God is the one that makes the, dis- not us, but hearing that yeah. from Chad and then experiencing being there ex- to be a part of what Tom experienced. I mean, I hate to say it's night and day, but it's you night know, and day. it is. Yeah. And, and so, so you, you now have a ministry to, I mean, anytime I hear of somebody that has lost their spouse or like that person had lost their, you've walked through it and you've walked through it well. And we can take some days. Yeah, well, I think there will be something. One thing I want to tell anybody, whether they're in my situation right now or older, younger, don't let anybody tell you, oh, you're a year out. You should be over this by now. That is that is so wrong. So wrong. Don't ever let anybody tell you how you should deal with your grief. Wow, that's good. I mean, there's this Kubler-Ross seven stages of grieving, you know, that I studied in my sociology classes and stuff and, and where you finally get to acceptance. Well, you can get to ex- – I mean, I'm almost five years out, right. but, you know, most days I'm in acceptance. Mm-hmm. But some days it's like, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> exactly. And sorry, now can what? I say that? You can over, say whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, like Sunday nights driving home. Sometimes, yeah. Driving home from from your place for home group, and there's all the couples. Yep. Whether or not they're, you know, happy couples or lo- lovey dovey <laughs> couples, or they're still you know, stupid couples. Yeah. You go to your room. I'll go to my, whatever, whatever that is. Right. But they're still going together. Right. And then it's the dusk, the twilight, and the house is empty. Yep. And I may have the lights on, 
because I don't like coming home to a dark house. Right. But it's still, there's that emptiness. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I've walked around and I feel this presence. Tom is not there. No, I hope not. Tom <laughs> is, his, his spirit, whatever, I mean, I haven't found a, a white feather or, or something. I'm, I've, I've stopped washing his same and ironing his shirts. I did that for several months. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I liked doing that for wow. him. Yeah. But... Um, you know, and baking cookies and, oh, I need a taste tester and right. taking a glass of milk and the cookies. And right. what do you think? Oh, I think I might need some more to really see if they're good or not. You know, <laughs> Thank you. and peanut M&Ms. Yes. My Tom liked peanut M&Ms. Your hubby likes peanut M&Ms. Yeah. I'll sneak him some you sometimes. You do sneak him some. I, yeah. And I never know about it until I see him. And they're he's not, those. because they're not for you. They're, they're for, for him, me. you know. You are amazing. You are a gift to so many and you are what has touched so many of our lives. And so we're, our time is up. And so we are going to say goodbye and good night, Irene. (laughs) Goodbye, Irene. And uh, we will have Irene back to share some of the other ways that she's able to love him and love them. Thank you.